Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Scripture has some epic collapses. People who rose to the top of their field or fame and collapsed. Samson. Picture him carrying the gates of Gath on his shoulders. Now see him grinding like a blinded ox at the mill. John Mark, see him with Paul and Barnabas en route to save the world. Now see him weeping as homesickness causes him to go back. Or what about the prodigal? He exits the father's house flush with cash and dreams. But now we see him return in rags and despair. But my attention today is focused on David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the man who chased demons away with his singing, the boy wonder who brought down a giant with a sling and a stone. In 1 Samuel 21, this future king is running for his life. He stops by the house of God to ask for something to eat, and then he asks, Is there a weapon here? And Abimelech the priest says, The sword of Goliath is here. And he gives the sword to its rightful owner, to the fugitive named David. David was no longer a boy. He was a man, and he was faced with a dilemma. What if anything would be the remainder of his life? Today, I want to speak to you on daily devotion on this subject. It's time to turn the page. All of this week, we have been discussing perseverance, that it is a quality that is needed for every successful life. No great life goes unchallenged. In fact, the greater the calling, the greater the mission, the greater the dream, there will be more challenges and setback. It's time to turn the page. David is perhaps one of the most favorite characters in the Bible forgotten by his father, Jesse, but recognized by his heavenly father. He spends his early years alone with sheep and Israel's great shepherd. He hums lullabies to his four-legged companions. He writes songs. He plays a harp. He practices defending the sheep with a slingshot. And then a giant named Goliath stood off against all of Israel. Goliath's height was imposing. His armor was terrifying. He wore a bronze helmet on his head. He had a coat of armor that probably weighed more than David did, between 125 and 200 pounds. His spear was like a weaver's beam. Its tip weighed 15 pounds. But David raced toward the giant with a shepherd's staff in one hand and in the other hand a sling, and with unswerving accuracy, an accuracy born from years of practice. He put one right across the frontal plate of Goliath's forehead. The stone must have embedded in his skull. Stunned, Goliath falls like a huge tree to the ground, and his head would be severed by his own sword, and the victor would go on to become king eventually. But it would be a while. 
He wins the dubious prize for killing Goliath, the hand of Saul's daughter in marriage. He wins the praise and the acclaim of Israel. But he also found the jealousy and the envy of the reluctant, petulant King Saul. Four chapters after his glorious victory over Goliath, David is now running for his life. King Saul has already tried to kill him twice. Now he's decided that the son of Jesse must go. He sends soldiers to kill David in the night, but his wife warns him. He goes himself to Samuel's house, and God stops him powerfully. Saul is determined, though. He will bring this boy wonder down. He didn't care if David had been anointed by Samuel to be king someday. He didn't care if God had fought with David against Goliath in the valley of Elah. Forgotten was David's courage and David's loyalty. Forgotten was David's ability to chase away Saul's darker self. He determines, I will kill David at all costs. And David runs like a frightened child. Gone is his companion, gone are his friends, gone are his confident expectations. Life had thrown David a curveball. Life had threatened to bring him down. But life revealed David to be a man after God's own heart. Can I tell you something you already know, but sometimes we need to be reminded, life doesn't always go according to plans. David already had the favor of God. God had directed the elderly prophet to anoint him before his brother. He already was a singer. He already had a relationship with God. But the pathway to the throne was not as he envisioned. He should have been a shoe-in with Samuel's backing, marriage to Saul's daughter, Goliath laying dead in some forgotten grave. But life does not go according to plan. Here's a little t-shirt theology for you. Life is what happens to you when you are busy making other plans. Yes. Noah was making other plans, but ended up building an ark for the saving of his family. Joseph had other plans, but ended up saving Israel from a prison cell. Let me modify our t-shirt theology a bit. God is what happens to you when you are busy making other plans. David's collapse was epic. Alienated from his wife, Michael, separated from his best friend, Jonathan, running alone, he runs to Samuel's house and Saul comes for him. He runs to Nob, where the priest ministered before God. What now? How do you start over? How do you reinvent one's life? How do you turn the page. Each reinvented life needs a purveyor of hope. I'm a firm believer that we need suppliers of hope in our lives. People who stock hope on the shelves like those preparing for winter and for a hurricane. Each person needs someone who can speak words of hope into their lives. David ran to the house of God. At that time, God's house was in Nob, a couple of miles from Jerusalem. God's house set upon a hill, about a half mile in elevation. Nob means lookout. It was a high place from which to gain perspective. And there David meets an unusual man, the high priest Ahimelech. Know this, Ahimelech will soon be killed for the help that he gave to David. 
Being a purveyor of hope is risky business. But Ahimelech knew desperation when he saw it. He looked beyond David's flimsy story and he saw a desperate man. Ahimelech offered David two things, five loaves of showbread. To eat the bread in God's house means you're a friend and a guest of God. A purveyor of hope reminds people whose lives didn't go according to plan that things may not be turning out like you thought they would, but you can still be a friend of God. You can still have a relationship with God. Ahimelech reminded David, David, you're a friend of God. That's what a purveyor of hope does in our life. When it's time to turn the page, I pray that in your life, you will have someone remind you that although things did not turn out as you anticipated, you still have a relationship with God. That's what a purveyor of hope does. Five loaves of showbread, your friend and guest in the house of God. David asked if there was a weapon. He needed a weapon, and Ahimelech said, there is one. There's the sword of Goliath. We don't know how big Goliath's sword was, but we can only imagine it was huge. The last time David had handled it, he had been an idealistic boy. Now, years later, he was a desperate man. When David removed the sword from an ephod, what did he see? He saw a reminder that the good he had accomplished had not been forgotten by God. It was still stored in the house of God. That God keeps records. He knows what everyone else has forgotten. When David looked at that sword, he saw a witness that God was there when I needed him. He's my refuge and strength. He's my very present help in the time of trouble. David's life was in danger and he had no defense. But now he holds a visible reminder that God is there when you need him to be. I wonder what did David see when he looked at that sword? He saw a sword more powerful than that of his opponents. And he was reminded that God is greater than any opposition that I face. That God's word says in 1 John 4, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Maybe he heard the whisper of God. David, it's not the life you thought, but I'm still with you. Go live this reinvented life. And I think that's the challenge for each of us. When things don't go according to plan, will we step forward and live the life that God reinvents for us? I would like to say that David raced from God's house and was an instant success, but that only happens in novels and Hollywood. In real life, it takes a bit of time. David would make other mistakes. He marched into Goliath's hometown holding Goliath's sword, probably not the wisest thing to do. But even then and there, God protected him. A purveyor of hope had spoken words into David's life. His life was not going to be as he thought, but that's okay. God has better things planned for you. Hold on to the hope of a reinvented life. Do you know that many of the Psalms of David were written during these years of his life? He found God in a new way. He found the depth of God's compassion that he had not known. 
He discovered himself and who he really was. And he also discovered how much he needed God for his daily survival, for his friends in tribulation, and to help him keep a right spirit and to forgive those that were meaning harm against him. David was determined at this phase to live his life as God had reinvented it. Okay, God, you said I was going to be king, but I guess you have other plans for me right now. You want me to be a fugitive for a while. You want me to minister to people who are in a miserable state. You want me to learn and experience hurt and pain where I too can be touched with the feelings of others who are going through the same. You want me to go through a time of testing where I will get a testimony. No problem, God. I will live this life as you reinvented it for me. It's a common question asked of playwrights. How's the second act? Any talented writer can write an opening act. But what about the act that follows, that takes something more? Here's what I believe. Every life has a moment, a moment that it can be reinvented, a moment for a comeback, a moment for a second act. No matter how big the choke, how great the failure, you're given a chance to start over and to reinvent your life. David found a reinvented life at God's house. You can too. God can help you start over. I believe this week, as we've discussed perseverance, maybe there has been a hope born in your heart that I can start over, I can try again, and I can be successful. He is on your side. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.